Welcome back to Air Yards. This is a football podcast for fans who like sitting at the bar and talking about football and stuff like that. I am your host, Brandon Kwok, here with my co-host, Ethan Lee, and our intern, Pavel Rosman. And we are talking about, well, this is season two, and we are in week two of the NFL. A bit of a change from last time. We don't really give you guys some quick life updates and things like that, but we're going to switch it up and get right into football. What do you guys think? Yeah, we're going to do updates uh, from the NFL, so... Uh, first, that is our life right now. So, um, there was not a scoregami this week. We'll try next week. <laughs> Thanks, Pavel. Um, yeah, you're really making your kind of presence felt. Maybe you'll get a full. <laughs> you might get a full time job. Who knows? Ugh, keep that up. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Are there any corrections from last week's episode? Um, I I feel like we're right all the time, so I'd say no. Now, Ethan um, uh, was right, but we should definitely mention it. That the Giants are tanking? Right, so Ethan asked, you know, why not? And uh, he got his answer, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily a tank, if I'm being honest. It feels like a lateral move. It's just kind of like, let's see what happens. Yeah, Yeah, like they can't really get much worse. Right. For the lovely listeners at home, on the bus, in the car, at work, uh, in case you didn't know, Eli Manning is no longer the starting quarterback of the New York Football Giants. That uh, title honor has been bestowed upon Daniel Jones, a.k.a. Danny Dimes, a.k.a. D-Money, a.k.a. Rookie of the Year. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're basically saying that uh they couldn't have got much worse right i don't i don't necessarily think they're punting on the season like they're not going full on miami which we'll get to in a second but i think they might be better marginally you have to think he gives him a little bit more upside just like just just a little yeah he's thrown to you know, like a kind of ghost receiving core regardless you know. he's he's getting gameplay he's actually learning how it all goes as opposed to sitting on the bench and if, you know, they know they're going to lose this season, this is just, like, a warm-up. Yeah, and I think there's not much to be learned from watching Eli Manning get his ass kicked every week. You know, I think once you've seen that week one, you kind of know how it's going to go the rest of the year. That's been going for the last seven years. Yeah, I love uh, the stat. I'm going to throw it again because we did tweet it, but since that, uh, you know, the photo of the Giants team on that, like, yacht in Miami before the Packers uh, playoff game, uh, since then, I think the Giants are, what, 8 and 26? Yeah, not, not good. Not good. Uh, the Giants have a worse record than the Browns during their winless season. So, that's good. Um, a couple more Eli Manning facts. He is a perfect 116 and 116 for his career. So, he is literally the definition of a 500 quarterback. Uh, an 8-8 eight eight season. I love that. He has never been ranked inside the top five in any QB-related like 
passing yards, touchdowns, passer rating in any of his seasons in the NFL. But he has two Super Bowl MVPs. Except interceptions. Uh, yes, but like... But that's the joke. No one he's bad because he throws a lot of... Interceptions is like a defining stat. I understand that, but... <laughs> so. Great to be back. Uh, one more thing, I guess, just to point out that normally, if you've got kind of like illustrious career, you know, very successful, you're generally replaced by like the next guy, the next up and comer. Whereas Eli Manning was first replaced by Geno Smith for one game, and uh, yeah, that was a sad uh, day. Danny, Danny fan, Dimes, Daniel Jones. This is gonna be a really fun year for them. Ugh. Well, all right. Yeah, so... Getting into some other big NFL news for the week, and actually the past, like, two days, um, since we are recording this on a Tuesday. Trades all over the NFL. Everywhere. Just and a bunch of them no one were wants to be where they are anymore. Everybody injuries, wants out, right? especially uh, if so, play in Miami. Uh, Pittsburgh, and I think yeah. New Orleans might, because um, there have been a lot of injuries around. Um, but, yeah, it's been a really, really wild week, too. I wouldn't say necessarily. I wouldn't say Jalen Ramsey wants to be out because of the QB injuries. Like that's very. I feel like he because he had a confrontation with Doug Marone on the sideline. He knows that team is not good, like all around. I think he just wants to go somewhere. My only point is that now. he could have said that in years old in his April or July or August. So maybe the timing, but. Um, Maybe, but I think I feel like he's actually kind of been at odds with the, he's been at odds with the team. The straw that broke his back. Yeah, I think he's probably just sick of a uh, Doug Marone shit, really. Right, and for the same reason, yeah. like that Minka Fitzpatrick wanted out because Miami was playing him all over the defense, and he was like, "Can I just do one thing?" And they said no, and Jalen Ramsey wants to play man to man, and they made a play zone. He said, well, this is stupid. I'm better at the other one, which is fair. Don't you think the Steeders trade's a bit kind of weird? It's weird that they're kind of going in on this season with Mason Rudolph. Um, but, like, I guess you have Minka Fitzpatrick for the next couple of years. So, assuming you can get maybe another wide receiver, Ben Roethlisberger comes back next year. It's not out of the realm of possibility to think that next year they are much better. That's fair, but it's also not beyond the realms of possibility that this year is just a flat-out disaster. They win maybe, what, like four or five games? And... But then think about it. Like, then you have that super high pit. Oh, nope, they already traded it. <laughs> <laughs> and there you I walked go. myself into a corner there. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. All right. So yeah, putting it in that context. Yeah, like, I get where you're calling from, but I just, the first thing I thought was, like, yeah, but what if... Mason Rudolph, who I actually kind of like, isn't that good, and they've just traded away the seventh pick. Well, then the Dolphins are doing a phenomenal job of tanking. Although they're going to have like eight people that are on like their rookie contract that they have to sign all at the same time, so their window is going to be like that year. I don't know. Yeah, surely they'll have to trade, you know, that for like more kind of veteran talent. Because I did um read an article by I think it was a Miami beat writer who said that 
you know, the return is good and whatever, but at some point, you have to stop trading away proven NFL talent because, you know, the kind of perfect mixture is, you know, like your quarterback and a few other kind of star players on the rookie deals, but also established veterans that know what it takes to win, you know, in kind of the winter months, December, January, February. Here's their 2020 draft. You guys ready? First round, their own pick, the Texans pick, and the Steelers pick. Round two, their own pick and the Saints pick. Round three, their own pick and maybe a compensatory pick. Um, fourth round, Titans pick. Fifth round, compensatory pick and the Steelers pick. Sixth round, their own pick and the Cowboys pick. I don't remember that trade. Uh, seventh round, their own pick and the Chiefs selection. So that's just 2020. And then 2021, they have their own pick and the Texans pick. That's uh, Laramie Tunsil train. Um, and then Arch. second round, the same. Their own pick and the Texans pick. <laughs> um, the draft will be great. Yeah, but even what this year, they have maybe six, seven, eight picks in the top, maybe like 100. They're drafting and playing football right now like I do a fantasy draft in Madden. Just grab all the young people and see what happens. Like It just doesn't, and it never works out. You never win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's not quite the way to no. do things. So, all right. but hey, look, it gives us stuff to talk about. So, uh... sure, but I think we should probably move on to actually things that happened. Um, we did mention a little earlier QB injuries. QBs seem to have caught the bug this week. Um, Drew Brees is going to be out for a couple weeks with thumb surgery um, after getting his hands smacked by Aaron Donald. Ben Roethlisberger, as we mentioned, is going to be coming back next year because his elbow or his elbow exploded apparently. Um, yeah, um, Cam Newton didn't practice today. They're, yeah, they're taking so that kind of day to day, seeing what happens. Read into that what you want. I mean, he's still going to play on Sunday, but just not very well, I'd imagine. Carson Wentz is one more uh, body shot away from just disintegrating, and who who else got hurt? What else happened last week? Uh, Nick Foles, the Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Oh no, we need to talk about um, Savior Sam. His replacement. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, if we're yeah, talking about right. quarterback injuries and illnesses, we need to talk about how Sam Darnold, NFL quarterback, fully, f- <laughs> fully fledged adult, has a mononucleosis. For those of you that don't know, it's like basically like <laughs> glandular fever, kissing disease, what you get if you're uh, playing in the kiddie pool. Um, <laughs> yeah, any thoughts? There's a girl last night in the stands that had a sign that says, I gave Darnold mono, and it was just perfect. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. So, um, so I don't know if you guys saw, but during the uh, broadcast, they ran this like absurd like flash video of Darnold like pointing at the camera looking it was obviously a stock photo taken from you know kind of like media day back like a couple months ago I mean but their yeah their media posted that it wasn't like somebody hacked them and made a, a ridiculous looking gif that was like from the comp or the, the yeah, team yeah like this action shot where he like points like the screen he's like out and definitely with mono <laughs> <laughs> I think another part of it is that can anybody remember the last player, especially you know, a quarterback, um, 
getting mono? I can't remember. Like, maybe it might happen in college, but even then, not at a good college. So I just, I don't, I, I want to know, but I also don't want to know how he ended up this way. Couldn't tell you. I'm sure he won't. Just to uh, it's just, preserve it's his just liberty. Oh, uh, yeah, we should probably talk about some games. Yeah. Uh, well, first, one more thing on the Jets. Uh, backup quarterback Trevor Simming is out for the year now because he broke oh, his ankle last God. night. So, yeah, so... They are uh, all sorts of... The, yeah, the York. New York quarterbacks for this week are uh, Danny Dimes and Luke Falk. Uh, place your bets <laughs> accordingly. Yeah, I, I'll... I'll look up what the, the line is. If I can have one last word, uh, Gardner Minshaw has a just like absolutely ripped dad. Uh, I don't know if anyone <laughs> saw him in the, the stands. But. I, I didn't mean, that see doesn't that. surprise me. The dude looks like he comes from just a baller family. Yeah, I think my favorite thing about Gardner Minshew is that he's technically Gardner Minshew the second, but there isn't a Gardner Minshew the first. <laughs> they just like that the two sounded better. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It's absolutely sensational. Yeah. All right, wait for like one second until this file hits your inbox, and uh, holy hell. This guy. I, I hope he's around for a lot longer than just this year. Fuck big dick Nick. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Uh, and then this is oh, from the Oh, that's day. A Texas Strong. Yeah, that, that guy is a... Yeah, that, that is a beefcake. Right. Well, his dad's jacked as fuck. Let's let's talk about football. Uh, yeah, okay. Let's talk about some actual football. So, we mentioned that uh, Ben Roethlisberger got injured against uh, Seattle. That was, I think, a pretty ugly game as games go. I don't know if Seattle are like kind of slow starters, or if they're just not as good as people thought they were going to be. Like they're two and zero, but barely convincing. Um. Pittsburgh, their defense is a problem. Their non-existent quarterback is a problem. I thought Misnerov was also like kind of okay. I, mean, I don't think he played that badly, and you know they only lost by two points, so you can take that whatever way you want. I just think that uh, for a game that was kind of built to be this, you know, like two potentially really good teams ended up not being played at a very high level at all. Yeah, Russell Wilson still doesn't have anybody to throw to really. Uh, that game is built on running the ball and trying to run the ball and then just kind of maybe playing defense. And the Steelers are bad. Like, they're just bad this year. It's fine. Every team goes through a year where they're terrible. Just punt on the year and move on. Yeah, well, then why give up a first-round pick for uh, Minka? Uh, that's what I understand. I think that that team should or will be uh, over the hill, um, you know, and you've got a window with a couple of really good pieces. So what? Yeah, why are you anyway? I mean, maybe they just—they're going in on next year. Like rather than, you know, bet on that first-round pick and maybe get, get unproven talent. You're like, okay, we needed a defensive back. Here's our defensive back. Done. Move on. Like I—I I don't think it's a smart move, but I see it. Like I understand what they did. Um, Rams. That game was garbage. Once Drew Brees went out, that yeah. game was awful. I didn't see it. Um, what I just took from the brief highlights was that Todd Gurley looked like pretty good, I guess. But and Teddy Bridgewater didn't. Teddy Bridgewater did not look ready to go into that game. 
Um, the Saints got fucked over again by the refs, which is just going to be a very fun storyline for the rest of the year because the refs have been fucking over people all week, really. It was a very interesting week. Yeah, well, but I think on that kind of play in general, the whole, you know, blowing the play dead when it happens, I think, almost more often than not, though, when they kind of go back and look at replay, things should have stood. And uh, I wonder, is that something the NFL is going to have to actually look at uh, you know, across the board? Well, no, they don't. What, what it should be is because the turnover is automatically reviewed. They let it play out, and then they say, "Okay, we need to review the fumble." And then they say, "No, it wasn't a fumble." Like, and that's, that's the way the they problem. should. Yeah. I don't think there's any uh, rule that they have to do that. I think they just get to when they want to blow the whistle. Um, and right, no, they, they think it's an incomplete pass. They blow it. It's like, but the problem is like they, it, that they need to almost say to the referees, "Err on the side of caution here and just let it happen," because especially in a situation like that where it's kind of on the line. It's going to get reviewed anyway. Yeah, like, uh, I just don't see why they have to blow it dead, is, I guess, the problem. Maybe it's, like, a safety reason, I don't know, but, uh, I just... What, what is the safety reason there? It's part of the play. Yeah, no, I, I, like, I don't think that is the reason, but I'm just trying to kind of clutch at straws and offer some sort of explanation. That's for an excuse. Reason. Ethan is making an excuse for the NFL. <laughs> Me and Roger. Uh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, like we said, uh, Breeze did hurt his hand in this game. He'll be out for at least six yeah. weeks. Um, I guess he can't we should football. just mention, I guess, the underrated kind of impact of this is not even just on the Saints themselves, but this means that realistically, barring any kind of disaster, the Rams should secure home field for the playoffs. Uh, probably, unless they implode, yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, like, instead of, you know, last year they had to kind of go to New Orleans and play in the Dome, Whereas this year, uh, you know, obviously by disaster, like I said, they'll get um, home field. So that might kind of go in their favor come. But the Saints re- remaining six weeks is Seahawks, uh, Cowboys, Buccaneers, Jaguars, Bears, Cardinals. So I think a, a normal person might call them four and two. They could go three you and flip th- a coin on the Bears. Ooh, I don't know. This is, and we, I would have said three and three. I would say three and three. But even th- yeah. three and threes, you know, they're in the kind of hump still, so that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't see a win against the Bears. Jags' defense is still tough. Um, Dallas' defense actually has looked better. I know they've played super soft teams, but... Yeah, and even Seattle this week, you know, it all depends on... I guess how effective Bridgewater can be actually having some prep, but uh, we'll see. We should probably move on. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, talk about uh, Green Bay. We, we, want, we want to talk about referees affecting the game. Like unintended consequences of this whole PI fiasco was that called back touchdown that Stefan Diggs scored. Like to everybody watching and to everybody in that stadium, that was a touchdown. We were like, okay, whatever, move on. And then they review it as they do with all scoring plays and called it back because of OPI that I'm not sure was really there. If it was really clear and obvious, it benefited me. So I, you know, was happy about it and I thought it was hilarious, but just that's going to be a thing now where they're going to be looking for OPI on every touchdown. And fortunately it affects everybody. So it's not just like, it's just affecting the Vikings, but it's going to suck for the people that it comes against. 
Yeah, it's just, like, you, you don't know even, can you celebrate the touchdown, because... You don't know. Yeah, it's it's kind of what's happening in soccer at the minute with the VAR video with his refereeing has finally been brought in. And a lot of times, you know, players will score and they'll celebrate. But meanwhile, you know, somewhere in some studio, some guys are being the play and then they won't give it. And then fans are left watching the game. Their team scores and they can't even react because they're just waiting to see if it's going to be approved or not. So, I mean, you obviously want them to make the right, like, kind of call and that sort of thing but right this will probably be an outlier like i don't see this impacting really the rest of the year um like i'm still kind of 50 50 on if this whole pi rule is a good idea anyhow like it was a little bit of an overreaction but moving on uh it's very it's very uh honorable of you to to not pick your own team um the only thing i have to say about that game Dalvin Cook looks like he's back, so that's awesome. He looked legit. I still think the Packers' defense looked legit. Like I get he Dalvin Cook had 150 yards, but 75 of those yards came on one play. So Kenny Kenny Clark should should be top five DPOI. He has looked incredible right. this season so far. So he, yeah, I'm not going to say that Packers' defense wasn't good. No, they're, they're def- it's very. I mean, Kirk Cousins made some stupid decisions, but. The team looks better. The offense looked good for a quarter and then decided to go into witness protection. Um, we'll still figure that out going forward, but we'll see. Uh, another tough defense coming up in Denver, and but softer offense. Um, all right, so do we want to talk about the sad result or the angry result? Um, of Atlanta Philly? Both are pretty sad. Yeah. But uh, you can go first. All right, so um, another... Uh, it was pretty. Uh, the game mattered a lot to me. Um, the night game against Atlanta, uh, you know, uh, means a lot to me, and um, I wanted to see that again. Um, unfortunately, I did not want to see it after I saw it. We, you know, again had a really slow start, um, and I think by the second quarter, like five uh, Eagles were were out. Um, with kind of no explanation, and, um, you know, it was just like, oh, right, like, Deshaun and Dallas Goddard and Alshon Jeffrey are not playing. Good luck. <laughs> you know, your number one quarterback at this point is Nelson Aguilar, who eventually, you know, drops uh, a pretty routine uh, pass, and who knows what that could have been. Um, but the one thing I really did like out of that game was to see the Eagles... Uh, be very resilient, you know, after, I mean, they should have lost that game by more um, than uh, four points and, and the maybe touchdown. So it was cool. Um, Carson uh, scrambled into the end zone for a two-point conversion. I didn't get it, but he also didn't break his ACL this time. <laughs> um, yeah, good way to put it. I kind of felt like neither team wanted to win you know, obviously they did but just there were a few really awful picks on both sides i'll credit carson that after he started off kind of rough he kind of kept his team in the game after all his receivers basically dropped off the face of the earth uh matt ryan looks fucking awful i don't know if i would have called him awful i mean some of those picks were just outrageous 
He's got some very good receivers as well, um, you know, beyond just Julio. Uh, Sanu is very good, and obviously Ridley is, is a future star. Yeah, like, I mean, they won the game, but, like, what, he threw three picks? Like, I mean... He threw two, Carson threw two. Oh, okay, I thought he threw three. But, yeah, like, they were... You know, when you're kind of winning... Did you not learn from uh, the Super Bowl that if you're, <laughs> you've are you got a big lead... Maybe stop throwing the ball to the other team and just pound fucking Devonta Freeman. Mm-mm. Nope. I mean, I was like pulling my hair out and thinking, you you have him and Edo Smith. Just let them run the Eagles into the ground, and you're gonna come out of this with a win. The other thing they did score a really beautiful uh, touchdown with Julio, where they where they run the kind of screen there. Um, and just as a football fan, that was that was so well designed, but also really painful to to endure. Um, but right, like if you are working on your comeback, I mean that is a twelve second play. You know, did you not need to work the clock better? Anyway, yeah. Um, from one sad result to another, uh, we saw a real vintage, typical. Chargers game where they went to a worse team, played better, had two touchdowns called back for kind of ticky-tack penalties, then went on to fumble on the one-yard line. The kicker is injured, so the punter's been doing the kicks, and he missed two field goals. Uh, Derwin James, we know, was injured for a serious amount of time, so Adrian Phillips has been filling in. He broke his forearm. Um, our starting cornerbacks injured. It's just a fucking mess. It's really, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you can't lose to the Lions. I mean, you know, the the fact they should have still won, given all that's you know all well and good. But if you're not gonna beat the Lions, I just really don't know what the point of the season is anymore. Yeah, I for a minute I kind of thought like. Oh, uh, Matt Stafford's gonna have like a good year for no real reason. I just kind of predicted that, uh, and I will admit in week two that I uh, I was wrong. Which is more frustrating because the Chargers lost. I didn't have any money on that. <laughs> That's a lie. You've been so mad yeah, at me. This is so charged. It's just, it is just so charged. Yeah. Oh no, I know. Like, Again, the shots doesn't fit, but also the injuries are really starting to kind of mount up here, and I just don't see a way back. Really, their kind of schedule is a bit tougher this year than it was last year. They're missing probably two or three of their best defensive players. Not to mention their tight end's gone again. Mike Williams is hurt. You know, no O line. Um. I just, you know, Melvin Gordon's still fucking on a beach somewhere fucking around. Uh, it's just a really, really rough start to the year. I think that I'm a little bit more hopeful about uh, the Eagles. You know, it's a similar uh, injury situation, but Deshaun has, I think, two weeks on his abdominal injury. Um, Which is fantastic for, for me. Yeah, because you missed that one. I don't get to see that. Um, but uh, you know, maybe I'm just a typical Eagles fan who's extremely hopeful um, on on Saturday and very depressed on Monday. Yeah, but I guess, you know, kind of 
you've had a lot of injuries, but one of the big things coming into this season before we move on was just the Eagles' kind of roster depth. So I'm not saying that you should be able to kind of get over every injury, but it means that hopefully the drop-off isn't quite as steep. Actually, I have, a, I have some news-ish about that game. Um, uh, I think for a couple snaps, or maybe it was just a concussion protocol, um, Ertz was off the field. Uh, Goddard had already have some made-up injury, so he's on the bench. So um, you think, you know, all right, third tight end. Well, like four days before Sunday, they traded or they released uh, their third tight end and signed some sort of cornerback. Well, that didn't work out well, did it? So uh, I think today, today the Eagles have signed a uh, third tight end. Thank goodness. Great. I mean, especially for a team that plays, you know, uh, two tight end sets a lot. That's, anyway. Ready to move on to the week ahead? Yeah. So, um, listeners, we're going to kind of mix it up. I don't know if you listened to last week or not. Um, Instead of just running through every single game and getting bogged down in whether the Bills are going to beat the Giants, we're just going to pick kind of two of the games we like best the coming week and then our own team's games so i think the marquee game from this week is probably the chiefs baltimore has to be yeah I mean, it was really the kind of tale of two you know up-and-coming quarterbacks yeah, you know baltimore definitely. caused some issues for Mahomes last year their defense is still good i you know don't know really it's not as good as it was last year, but there's scope there for them to, you know, as they play together longer, to kind of grow and improve as the weeks go by. Uh, this could finally be the time, at least this year, that the Chiefs' porous defense sort of catches up to them. Um, get to see Lamar in a big game. You know, will his Against great stats team. keep up? You know, he's on pace for like 5,800 yards and... <laughs> However many touchdowns, you know, he's got a pretty good chance of breaking every record ever set. Um, what do you think, Pavel? The over, the over under on that is uh, fifty four and a half, so about you know twenty six oh, points per team. Oh, the over. Um, and I'm I'm so I'm so there for a shootout. Yeah, I mean, I think we know that no matter what your defense is like, Mahomes is going to put up points on you. And the Chiefs defense just couldn't stop, you know, a kind of team of high schoolers. So all roads pointing towards a kind of high-scoring affair. Oh, absolutely. So, okay, one thing I will say with the Ravens, look at the teams that they've played. So in one aspect, the Cowboys have played really bad teams, but they've been together for longer, so we at least have a better sample size of how they can actually play. Whereas with the Ravens, this is basically Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown, Mark Ingram. They've never played together before. And they played the Dolphins, who we know are trash. And then the very bad Arizona Cardinals defense missing most of its players because Patrick Peterson is suspended. They've got like injuries in their secondary. And that team is not very good to begin with. So... I'm not ready to say, yes, Lamar Jackson is great because he's played, he just looked really good. And I get you can only really beat the teams in front of you, but it's just been such a small sample size that I can't get behind it yet. 
It's going to be a very good game still, though. Similarly to me, I know that like the rest of the country is going to go nuts because the Cowboys are now the best team after going 3-0 and against the Giants, the Washington team, and Miami. You know, so we gotta we gotta look back at who they're winning, who they're playing, who they're together. Um, you know what the locker room is like, or if Doug Marone is going off. One thing I will say, though, apparently Kansas City is very much in the mix for the uh, Jalen Ramsey sweepstakes. Which, if that turns out to be the case, just game over. I mean, they probably should. They absolutely should. Like you've got Mahomes on this deal, your defense sucks, but. Having someone like him could just make the difference between, you know, making the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl, or not. So, you got really nothing to lose, I don't think. Agreed. And also, you're not going to have good picks while you have Mahomes, as long as he's healthy. Uh, Okay, second game. The slate, really, this week, I don't think is great. But we went with the uh, Rams and the Browns. Um... You know, with like kind of like I said, with the Breeze injury, Rams it would be kind of the potential to march to home field in the playoffs. Browns beat the Jets last night. Didn't really look like they were kind of convincing doing it. Baker was very poor. Uh, I mean, we would. He looked really jittery. Yeah, I just want to kind of, I guess, see as much of the Browns as I can. Just to understand how good or how good they are, like you know how good they are or or are not. Yeah, uh, I watching the game, it just didn't feel like they really settled into a rhythm. I I don't know if that's just because they kind of believed the hype too much, and now they've got rocked, and now they get back into it. I mean, all things considered, this is one of the other the better games this week. It's you know hyped up Cleveland versus you know Super Bowl bound Rams probably. Uh, it'll be interesting if it's not on the same time as Green Bay Denver because I don't change the channel when that's on. But yeah, against the never ever ever convincing Texans. So I think there's scope here to maybe learn a bit about these teams. I feel like if the Chargers win. It's a good like kind of victory considering all the injuries, and it maybe provides some belief that they aren't totally kind of a write off yet, even with the you know injuries and that sort of thing. But the Texans win; it's a you know string to their bow. They went to like a kind of good another good AFC team, found a way to win, and they can like kind of gut out these games against like good teams. I don't really know how it's going to go. I think that, you know, the one thing the Chargers do have is the D-line with uh, Bosa and Ingram, so that could really be a problem for the Texans. But other than that, I'm uh, not really sure how it's going to go. I'd like to watch that game. I think that'd be a good one to, to see. Yeah. Yeah, I don't uh, really have any comments on it. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Um, do you want to talk about your team? Sure. Uh, I know I mentioned it before. Denver's got a de- decent defense, although interesting stat. Uh, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb so far this year through two games have combined combined for zero sacks. So oh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, if I can keep that up, or 
you know, maybe. It's also it's also going to be incredible to watch uh, Packers D line feast on Garrett Balls. Oh my God, he got the watching. He got called for five holding penalties. Like it's. We should take a Smith shot. And Preston each. Smith are just going to walk around him. It's going to be so quick. Yeah. Um. Just while we're on the Broncos, real quick, how fucking bullshit was that Bears thing where they caught the ball, dropped, and called a timeout, and the refs saw them call the timeout all within a second, just the clock had run out. There actually is a picture where there is, it shows there is one second on the clock. Mitch Trubitsky calling a timeout in the background. Like it, it's not feasible. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I guess. Um, the bigger issue for me is that we seem to have these phantom roughing the passer calls again in very critical situations. That's the bigger problem. Maybe the refs are betting on it. Oh. Conspiracy, Pavel. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look at the Broncos, right? Uh, I, I agree with Brent. They were supposed to have a good defense. doesn't look like that. Um, you know, the team as a whole couldn't beat their car. And Mitch Trubisky, you know, and now they're about to go against Aaron Rodgers. I just, I think this is a pretty, pretty easy pick. Right. No, I don't. I don't know what the line is, but it's definitely best way to look at it. Uh, Pavel, your Eagles are playing the uh, scary Lions. The Eagles will win, and if they don't, I'll do the rest of the podcast next week in French Canadian. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to be lighting my shrine to Matt Stafford up. Um, <laughs> that's all that I want to see. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for uh, a good team. Uh, you know, with a couple of healthy players. Um, against Detroit, you know, who I'm not too worried about. Um, it's it's back home again. Um, it's, you know, afternoon, you don't need any kind of pressure, I guess. Um, but what does give me some pause is that it's going to be a really short turnaround, uh, to play Green Bay. So that'll be tricky, but you know, both teams are, are playing in a, in a short week. So yes, but Green Bay's been at home for all three of those games. I don't know that airplanes are a huge deal. Maybe. I mean, the, not having the travels big. Definitely. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, the Lions don't scare me really at all, and all I want to see is some of the healthy players, uh, you know, come in maybe for a couple quarters, put up fifty points, and then they can just kind of rehab. So that's that would be great. Uh, famous last words, I think. <laughs> I um. just I, I couldn't name uh, a single kind of position or, or position group that has a player who I, I'm worried about. Um, I don't know. I, yeah. I, like, is it bluster? Or are they just bad? No, you're not wrong. The lines are bad. I'm just saying. Uh, so I think now would be a great time to do the new segment that uh, I got to give Ethan credit for. Oh, which oh, is this? <laughs> okay, so um, this award is brought to us by... Uh, Cialis, it is um for the biggest letdown of the week, and with Cialis, you'll never let anyone down ever again. Um, so I think what we're gonna do this is, ideally, we'll all nominate someone and then we all vote, but you can't vote for your own. 
and whomever gets two will present the Cialis Award, and uh, we'll go from yeah. there. So uh, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to nominate my team. Ah. Ah. That's pretty interesting. Ah. <laughs> because. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at, at Philip Rivers' stats, trying to explain it. So I, I think we very quickly <laughs> agree. Yeah, like, you just can't, like, lose the Lions. I'm fucking sorry. I mean, if you have any kind of aspirations, like the playoffs, when the Super Bowl, blah, 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 blah. You can't go and put up 10 points on that fucking shower shit. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Um, I, yeah, if I can't, if I can't also, uh, nominate the, the Chargers, uh, Cam Newton. Ooh, it's a good one. Uh, lost to the Buccaneers on Thursday night. Um, 330 pass yards, zero touchdowns, and get this, 49% completion. Uh, I think he ended with a, a rating of 70.1, so not great. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, that's a very good one. Quack, you got no? Yeah, I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins' contract. <laughs> <laughs> 84 million guaranteed. Got throws 10 passes last week. Can't uh, Throws two picks, has a fumble this week. Um, probably should have had Three more picks. Watch the game. There was like so many pass deflections that just went through our hands. Even on the touchdown to the Stephon Diggs, there was a real touchdown, not the one that got called back. This was that's uh, pretty rough. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he's not. Gonna all right, all right. So all of us uh, write down our um, prediction or, or who we think is the the winner of the Seattle Award. We'll put them in a hat, turn them all around. Um, my. My pick is going to be uh, the Chargers. No, similarly. Oh, okay, cool. I picked Brandon, so there you go. <laughs> All right, the Chargers are our biggest letdown. Okay. The winner of the first inaugural Cialis Award. Keep your partner happy. Um. Okay, so uh, one last kind of segment we're going to do is uh, each week we're going to take it in turn, so I'm going to do it this week, and then one of these two Goons will do it next week. We're going to do a kind of little one-minute deep dive into a kind of emerging trend in the NFL or a cool fact we saw or just something that kind of provides it more context. So I actually i am going to just talk about the two-point conversion real quick because like we saw in the uh, Denver-Chicago game where they missed the uh, PAT, but then they got, you know, kind of roughing the kicker, so they, got to, they decided to go for two instead. And, you know, we're kind of big into analytics and football these days and sports in general and the kind of way it works out that since 2015, where they moved the PAT back for every 10 touchdowns, a two-point conversion yields 10 points, whereas a PAT gives you 9.5. So, you know, simple maths, you're better off going for, you know, two points, but unfortunately... As we often see, not all kind of two point attempts are built the same. So if you're, you know, the Eagles or the Packers, and you have a good offensive team, going for two is kind of fine because you're used to scoring in the red zone. You know, you've got a good offense. You can throw different looks. But if I am the Bears or the Giants. There's no way I should be going for two when I'm not, you know, unless I need to, obviously. 
there's no reason to kind of go and give up that, like, more likely one point. There's nothing to kind of look out for that, like, teams will go for this and really have no reason to. Like, even in the uh, Jacksonville game, when they handed it off to Leonard Fournette and said, let them kind of, you know, G Minshew the second cook, they were going to go for the win. And it's just looking at, I guess, not all the teams are the same. So analysts need context, basically. Yeah, so just instead of, like, so if you're watching the game and you're like, oh, why'd they go for two when you you could have taken the one if they hadn't gone for two, blah, blah, blah. There is a kind of statistical method to the madness. But if you're a fan of a team that is a shit offense, you can still be annoyed. Um, Yeah, but I think that's probably us for this week. I like it. All right, so uh, thanks for listening. Um, We'll be back to you next week next week uh at Aaron's podcast on twitter on ethel 55 i'm a chipsy quack i'm a old pavel rasman shout out kevin blue for the tunes if you have any questions comments want us to talk about i don't know the dolphins or like who else's shit the bucks i don't know um kyler murray how he's doing let us know and i'm sure one of us at least will do a bit of research on it uh, but yeah. Also, now uh, that we are back in the regular season, we'd be really, really happy to have guests come on. Uh, you know, ten minute, twenty minute bit about your team, uh, or the same team that we uh, support. Um, please uh, reach out to us individually or on the on the Twitter account.